Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I have a relatively short word <laughs> that I want to share with you all this morning. There's been a lot that God's, I don't even know what to say. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In 3 John, um, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. You know, one of the fundamental truths of this ministry and of Morris Cirillo that we've been taught for years is that all truth is parallel. And you know what I saw in this, in this fast is God gave me a, a little nugget years and years and years ago, and, I, and it, he brought it back to my mind in this fast uh, over the last couple of weeks. And, um, and that is that because all truth is parallel, because, can you, can you just leave that scripture up there for a little bit? Because God's desire is that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospereth. You know, the, our natural man and our spirit man are married together in those things. And we can't neglect the natural things if we want to spiritually prosper. And we can't neglect the spiritual things if we want to naturally prosper. Now, I was, as I was praying a few days ago and, and getting this ready, well, God began to give me this a couple weeks ago because he had to give me a little bit of time to get myself right. You know how you get those sometimes. And, and I was laughing about a week ago when I was praying, and, and I said, God, you know, there's, I have the feeling that most pastors in the world, um, you know, we said the motivational gifts a while back, probably are mercy motivated, maybe, or servant motivated, or administration motivated. I don't know. But you know, I, was, I took that little test, and every little time I got the maximum score in prophecy motivated. And I said, God help these people. <laughs> and I was low in mercy, but God's helped me. God's helped me with mercy um, over the years. So what we have to realize is that we can't, grow spiritually past a certain point until we bring our body and our flesh into subjection to the same spirit. So many years ago, I realized that when I was exercising and disciplining my body, I spiritually grew as well at the same time. And God gave me a revelation. Okay, so you have to do both together. You can go a little ways spiritually, but there's a cap to how far you can go before God wants you to take care of the temple of the Holy Ghost and not treat it disgracefully. That's why we fast. It's because we have to bring our body into subjection to the Spirit. And it allows God to take control of our natural man. So what God's saying is, I want you, I want the things that you're experiencing spiritually that are great, that are fantastic, that are life-changing in the spirit. 
I want you to take it and apply it to your natural life as well so that you can continue to prosper in every area of your life. And so when God started showing me that, I had to get up and start running in the morning and start eating better. But you know, because my spirit was already prospering and I had been lazy in my flesh. Y'all, I mean, I don't, y'all don't have to say amen. I'm going to say it for myself. I had been lazy. Lazy. But you know that you can't just be lazy in your flesh because that's how spirits operate. If you're just, if you say, well, I've, I'm just going to be lazy in my flesh. I don't have to get up and take care of myself. I don't have to eat right. I don't have to, you know, move. <laughs> then I, told, I warned y'all in advance. <laughs> y'all don't have, you, I don't have to move or anything. Then that spirit moves over into our spiritual life, though. And so when we have no discipline in the natural, then we have eventually we'll have no discipline in the spirit. And eventually, if we are very disciplined in the spirit and we seek after God every day, that spirit has to rub off on the natural. And if it doesn't, then whatever spirit you're operating on the natural is going to begin to influence your spiritual discipline. They happen together. All truth is parallel. I told my wife yesterday, though, because I just want to, Sometimes I think I may overshare. I just, but I've lost an inch in my waist in two weeks because, because I'm prospering naturally as, and being in health as my soul prospers. Amen? There's, what I saw is that there's some things that we already have enough of God to handle. There's some things that we come across in life, we're good. But there's some things where we really have to go up to the next level to be able to handle it. There's some things that God, something God brings into our life that is meant to stretch us. There's some things that's make, meant to make us uncomfortable. There's some things that happen in our life that's meant to be hard. That we can't handle with where we're at right now. And God has to stretch us and move us up to another place. And I believe, I was talking at youth this Wednesday night and I could see by the reactions of kids and their experience with God. And I said, well, this happened to everybody. And I, because we get all the, we get prophesied over, we have an amazing experience with God. Um, we write down our stuff, you know, if y'all were at the fast, we wrote down our prayer requests. And I said, you know, some of the things I prayed for I hadn't seen, and some of them got worse after I went home. And I saw several kids laughing and saying, yes, some of them got worse. But that's why we fast and pray. That's why we have to bring all things under subjection of the Spirit. Our natural life and our spiritual life has to be submitted to the Spirit. If we don't allow our emotions to be undisciplined because when we let our emotions be undisciplined, then we believe the things that we experience and feel instead of the Word of God. And I've seen... Too many things that God prophesied over me come to pass to doubt the Word of God. So I have to pick who I want to choose to believe. I pick Jesus. Amen. Amen? Do you know that every generation in the Old Testament had a choice? Um, and we see throughout the Old Testament there were a, one generation after another. Some would serve God. And they would repent, and they would try to fix the temple, and then some would destroy the temple, and they would 
and they would go away and serve other, other gods and get prostitutes and do all kind of horrible things. Every generation had a choice. They didn't have Jesus. They didn't have faith like we have it. They didn't have access to the Holy Spirit the way that we do. But they had a prophet in every single generation. You look through there. God sent a prophet. He sent a judge. He sent somebody to speak the word of God that, so that they had a choice to choose Am I going to listen to this guy, and am I, am I going to repent and bring my natural into subjection to what God's trying to do in the spirit, or am I going to do whatever I want to do in the natural? There was even a, a teaching in the time of Paul that came about that said that you're really diff- all separate pieces, and so you can do whatever you want to do in the flesh, and then just serve God in the spirit, and you're okay. And we know that that's not true, though, because... The Bible tells us in Romans that if we sow to the flesh, we of the flesh reap corruption. When we give in to the flesh, now y'all, I'm not just talking about sin. I'm talking about, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And as much as I want of God, I have to bring my body and my flesh into subjection of the Spirit. And that means, Dr. Clusey said it when he was here, and you know, I think it was maybe the first time he was here, and it was just a revelation to me, that he said, I just eat, although I will say, I've heard pastors say it before them, because I want to give honor to the first prophet with this revelation, that um, he only, he just listened to the Holy Ghost about what he ate. I said, that's, oh, that's wonderful. You can do that. Hallelujah. Some of us want to be spiritually holy, but we don't want to be naturally holy. That doesn't produce godliness. Some of us want spiritual blessings, but we don't want to consecrate ourselves in the natural. That doesn't work. We don't get the blessings. Some of us want to be spiritually disciplined while we lay around, we eat what we want, we don't keep our body healthy. We want God to bless our money, but we don't tithe. That's the natural and the spirit. We have to line them up. They have to be parallel. God can't, won't bless us financially unless we're doing in the natural with our money the things he already told us to do in the natural. So if we want blessings financially, we at least have to tithe because that was a command. And then we have to obey the Holy Ghost about what to give over that. And do you know that you, still, you can still pay your bills if you tithe? I don't have to be moved on by the spirit of prophecy to say it but I can prophetically say it, you can pay your bills if you tithe because it's a promise in the Bible. It works. We just want to do what we want to do. We want to feed our flesh. We want to sow to the flesh. And so we reap corruption in the spirit when we sow to the flesh. We, you know, we want, we want, what are all the things we want from God? We ask God for stuff all the time, money, jobs, health, healing, prosperity, miracles. Um, but our, what I really saw is that our spirit and our natural life grow together. They progress together. And so when I get a breakthrough in the spirit, if I don't take it and begin to see how can I put this breakthrough to work in my life. If I get a breakthrough in the spirit and I'm praying over my money, I have to to get some actual cash and hear God with what to do with it. Or I won't have that breakthrough any longer. 
If I get a breakthrough in my health, I have, I have to hear God about the natural things to change in my life and then do it. Or that spiritual thing will disconnect because I'm not marrying it up with, my, with the natural. Amen? In 1 Corinthians 9, 27, it's, Paul said, and I'm reading out of the Amplified here, so it'll be a little different. 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he says, But like a boxer, I buffet my body, I handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and the things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved, and rejected as a counterfeit. But Paul must have been prophecy motivated too, though, is what I see. Because that was more harsh than what I had said. But, but Paul gives us the truth in that, though, and that is we have to, if we don't bring our body into subjection, bring our, fin- bring our natural money into subjection with a financial breakthrough, we don't bring the things in life into, in, the, in our natural life, into the, and marry it up with what God did with us in the spirit, Paul says that I may preach, this was Paul, I may preach the gospel, minister to people, but if I don't handle the natural things, I will be counted as unfit and rejected as a counterfeit Christian. My God, help us. Help us today, God. So, and, and this ties in with, with the baptism and, and the word God gave me for the baptism is because why do we get pulled back into temptation all the time? And I'm talking about sin and I'm talking about, y'all know when the Girl Scout cookies came in? Every year, I buy for myself a whole box of Tagalongs. Not eat the whole box in one sitting. That's my, the whole box. But if somebody comes along and eats my Tagalongs, that box didn't count anymore. I have to have the whole box. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. So how do we get drawn back into the temptations that ruin our natural life and thereby ruin our spiritual progress and our spiritual growth because you can't separate the two. If I'm, if I'm not prospering naturally, then there's something wrong spiritually. And if I've hit a cap, I just can't get a breakthrough in the spirit. I need to look at what I'm allowing to happen in my natural life that's causing that breakthrough to not come. If I need money, I must not be handling my money right and doing what God told me to do with my money. I have to tithe. Paul said we have to literally beat our carnal desires out of ourselves. Um, you know, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And, and it's there because unrestrained fleshly appetites lead to an unfit spirit and an unfit body. So how do we keep these, how do we obtain the promises and the prophecies that have been spoken over us? How do we obtain the things that God's spoken over our life that we have not yet seen come to pass? How do we stay true to that? We pray over it, yes, but we have to hear the Holy Spirit and see, God, what area of my life do I need to bring into subjection? What area of my natural life 
how do I bring my body into subjection to the word that you spoke over me, the prophecy that you spoke over me? How do I bring myself, not just my spirit, my, I know my spirit, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. My spirit want, is all, wants to be in subjection, God, but I need to know how to bring my body, myself, the rest, the whole, my emotions, you know, our emotions are all wrapped up in that. Some of us don't control our emotions, and we let them just run, run. Help us, Jesus. We let them run. How do I bring all that into subjection to the Spirit? How do I, I have to bring all that into subjection to the Spirit to, to keep what God had? Because if I, don't, if I don't buffet my body, like Paul said, if I don't um, handle it roughly and keep all those emotions, keep all those thoughts that don't glorify God beat down, keep all those fleshly appetites that that are killing me beat down. If I don't keep it beat down, the desire to just be lazy. I know I can get an amen if I said that because I just want to sit in the bed. If I don't keep that beat down, then God may say I'm unfit for that promise because I did not match my flesh up with what he was doing in the spirit. Amen. So why don't we sometimes see God, what God said come to pass when, we, when we're expecting it? What did we do with it? What did, what did we do with that? With that promise and with that prophecy? Um, because if you can flip right back real fast to, to 3 John. God wants, God said, he's going to prosper us. He wants us to prosper, be in health as our soul prospers. Now, God can make our soul prosper. And he can bring natural blessings upon us, but there's a point in there that's it's just all me. And saying, okay, God, I heard from you. I heard from you, God. I need... I'm going to be sick if I don't do this. I'm going to... I'm, my finances will never get better if I don't do what you're telling me to do. My healing may never come if I don't do what you're telling me to do. My husband may never be saved if I don't do what you're telling me to do. The prophecies are there. And when we grab them, can't nothing stop that prophecy from happening. But we have to grab that prophecy and we have to make sure that our natural and spirit are lined up. Amen. Can we all stand? Hallelujah, Jesus. I told you it was relatively short.